Hey, and welcome to the Banter with Elise Pirelli podcast, where I discuss all things health, self, and everything in between. My name is Elise Pirelli, and I'm a competitive snowboarder turned fat loss and lifestyle coach. This is the podcast for millennial women who are struggling to live that balanced life, body, and mind. I'm so excited you're here. Now let's get into the episode. What is up, you guys? Welcome back to Banter with Elise Pirelli. Again, I always just want to say thank you so much for being here. And honestly, I am freaking excited for this episode because one, I am finally over my bullshit, and two, I'm finally recording my first solo episode. And you guys, I have been procrastinating this episode for months, pretty much since July, because I knew the podcast was going to air on my birthday, and for some reason... I was just having so much hesitation to recording solo. I don't know why. I think it was just so much of pressure that I was putting on myself. Perfectionism, comparisonitis. If you listen to the first couple episodes, you kind of know that I was really going through it over kind of, honestly, I kind of had a six-week period of just being in my own head, again, comparing myself to others, just really feeling down. And one of the things about me is I never allow myself to label, which I kind of talked about in a previous episode, but I kind of just have gotten to a place in my life where I'm starting to allow myself to just feel my feelings without allowing it to be my identity. And I feel like so much of that has just come from my past with snowboarding and just having to consistently wake up every single day, despite how the day before went, right? Just this continuous remembering to wake up and just make it happen. Wake up and make it happen. Wake up and just whatever the day brings, the day is going to bring instead of just kind of sulking in the feelings and sulking in, you know, the self-loathing. And and trust me, I did have a ton of self-loathing over the last little bit, but we are back. And, and you know, if you're going through a season right now as you're listening to this and you're just like going through it, remember that this too shall pass. And remember that everything that you're going through is a learning lesson because that is something that I continuously had to remind myself. And also remember that there can't be flowers without the rain right? There has to be that up and down, that back and forth, the yin and yang, and it's all for purpose. And so as I am stepping back into my power, as I kind of like to call it, stepping back into basically remembering who the fuck I am, I am excited for this episode because I really want to give you guys, again, just a little bit more of who I am. And I am going to kind of devise this into two parts because there's just so much. I feel like I have lived so much life now that I am like 31. And as I look back, and I think that's a large part of why I got so caught up and really in my own head to even be able to record this episode because I just have so much to share in regards to who I am. And I'm going to apologize in advance. If you hear little snores in the background, my son, my, my little puggy son, Mr. Rogue, is literally just sleeping, just straight knocked, knocked the fuck out <laughs> laying next to me. So apologizing for that in advance. But yeah, I just feel like I have so much to share, just so much that I've been through, you know, with my own personal life, with my building my business, with my own fitness and nutrition. So For this episode, I kind of want to break it down into just me, kind of 
who I am, where I come from, just give you a little bit more, you know, how I think. And this one is going to be kind of more personal. And then next episode, I'm really going to break it down and make it to be more specific to my fitness nutrition journey and my business journey. So I really want this one to be a little bit more personal and really kind of, you know, just to start that off is I do what I do. I became a coach and really that's kind of what got me into, you know, working online and being on social media and, you know, showing up and, it's just been a very, very long process. And I just, you know, again, some of the hesitation on the solo episode, I think just came from not knowing exactly how I wanted to share my story. But again, something that I am learning and something that I'm really working through, especially in business is, what's the quote? It is done is better than perfect because I definitely have some perfectionism traits that I need to work on. But let's go ahead, dive in, and hopefully you're here for it. Stick with me. And yeah, this is my first one. So cut me some slack. So I'm supposed to get started. Let's just go back, back to the beginning. Who am I? Honestly, one of the weirdest things, you guys, about me is I remember my birth. I remember seeing light for the first time and it's freaking wild. If you have, if you, if anybody else has that experience, please let me know because I literally remember being in a very, very dark place and seeing light. So let's just start there. I was born, I remember, and I was born in Palm Springs, California, and I actually lived in Palm Desert, California. That's where I spent the majority of my childhood. Lincoln Elementary, shout out. Palm Desert Middle School, shout out. And actually, I am an only child and I have the best parents. My parents are so young, you guys. Like, I just turned 31. My mom is about to be 51. Oh, shit. Her birthday's in August or October. So, yeah. And my dad is 46 and he's actually my stepdad. Um, and that's why my last name is Borelli, because y'all, I am not Italian. Hello, I'm half black, half Filipino. But when I was 18, I changed my last name to my stepdad's last name, Borelli, because he's always been my dad. And he's been my dad since I was three. And I am somebody who actually does not know their biological father. Couldn't tell you if he's dead or alive. And I don't really give a fuck because I have my dad. So that kind of explains again as well, just my name and, and how I how I got to just be Elise Borelli. And so moving into that, you know, I actually lived in a mobile home for a majority of, no, not a majority, for a few years. And again, my parents are going to kill me for not remembering exactly how long we lived there. But I think it's important to kind of start with that, to kind of just show like, I started with, you know, I had very regular middle class family, like lower middle class, I would say to start, you know, my, my life. And, and I want to share these kind of backstories to kind of get to where I am today, because I think it's, you know, it's always important to know that, but I actually live, we lived in a mobile home in Palm Desert for, for a few years. And I remember like skateboarding around the, the mobile home park. I remember having like my little, what was it? My little like Barbie car. Do you remember how there's like those cars, those like electric cars for kids? I had that. And I was really just a normal 
kid, you know, um, still being an only child and really just bopping around childhood. I don't know. I'm trying to think back to like elementary school and, and who I was. I was, I was always a, a really good student that I know. I was always a really good student. My mom always would buy me, you know, the little workbooks for school um, that you can get at like Target and like the ones that aren't actually school required, but she would always make me like do those different workbooks during the summer. And she'd always get me the ones that were like a year ahead. So if I was in kindergarten, my mom was getting the books that were like for first graders or second graders. So I'd always been a pretty good student. I started playing soccer. I was really into sports during that time in my early childhood. I started playing soccer first in like kindergarten. And I actually played soccer all the way through eighth grade. And so I think that's where a lot of my competitive drive comes from. So also my academic drive, my, my competitive drive just came from such an early age. And I constantly have to think back and remind my parents for just setting me up for success in that way. But yeah, I, I played soccer for quite some time and I was also actually always the kid who was trying everything. Again, my parents would, you know, I played softball, I played basketball, I did soccer, I, what else? I did tennis, I think I did tennis or some other things, but I always was trying different sports. And that's kind of how snowboarding came into play because I used to compete in snowboarding. So if you didn't know that, hello, um news to you, I suppose. But yeah, it's, and as I was trying all of these different sports, you know, I I thought soccer was what I wanted to do. Snowboarding kind of came into my life and snowboarding came into my life very randomly. And I'm going to tell the story and I think this is how it happened, but it was a time where garage sales were a really big thing. If you've ever had a garage sale, then shout out. That's a lot of my childhood as well. And I remember my parents and I, I think we went to a garage sale and I kind of almost remember exactly where that house was in a little cul-de-sac in Palm Desert. And my dad bought a snowboard randomly. And that was what sparked going to Big Bear and trying it out. And my dad put me in a, in a snowboarding lesson and I just kind of fell into it. Uh, We started going more frequently. I remember doing my first competition, this USASA, United States Snowboarding Association, something like that. I forget, but I did a lot of competitions as as I progressed in snowboarding and that. But I remember doing my first snowboarding competition. It was actually a random like slalom competition and I got first place, but I got first place because I was the only person in the category. looking back, but that is really what sparked me competing in snowboarding. And so again, during my early childhood, you know, we, we kind of started to progress like, okay, we lived in the mobile home for a few years and then we moved into a house, which was actually my grandparents' house prior. And yeah, I was just a normal middle school kid. I started snowboarding at the age of, of 12, I would say sixth grade. And again, just kind of started going back and forth from Big Bear to Palm Desert, Big Bear to Palm Desert. That's about a two-hour drive. And I just started to get better. 
And I remember missing, again, I was playing soccer and snowboarding. So I remember even there were times I was missing my soccer games to go snowboarding and I just progressively got better. I progressively just, you know, started doing more jumps and started doing more rails. And that's something again, like my dad would always push me. to, you know, kind of do other things. And and again, I think that push is what's really kind of kept me going now in my adult life to just keep moving forward. But I remember as well, when eighth grade came around, and I was about to graduate, and my parents, because I had gotten much better at snowboarding, I actually got my first sponsor, Betty Rides. Shout out to them for sponsoring me as like a, what I think I was 12 or 13 at that time. Yeah, because I had gotten that sponsor, it kind of my, I think my dad and, and my mom were kind of like, well, maybe she can turn this into something professional right? And that's that's the beauty of my parents. And now shit, I'm like, am I going to get teary-eyed of, of them just always trusting me, in my opinion? And fuck, this is going to freaking make me start crying. I don't know. But okay, we'll, we'll keep it going. I, I'm, I'm, am I going to start my period? No, shit. I don't even know. But my parents kind of gave me the ultimatum. They kind of said, do you want to stay in Palm Desert and pursue soccer? Or do you want to move and pursue snowboarding? And I don't know if you guys have ever seen, it's a Hilary Duff movie, and I still can't remember this movie, but there's a scene in, in the movie and she goes, I don't like these people. I want new ones. And that's kind of where I was in my life because, you know, sixth, seventh grade, I was just a normal kid. I actually was in color guard. Hello, I did like the flags and the rifles. I was in so many marching bands. I did so many parades. I did cheerleading, you know, just so much of my early adolescence was just trying new things, trying sports, trying to make friends and all of those things. And I just remember when my parents gave me that ultimatum, I was in a really weird stage of of like that middle school stage, like trying to find my way, just not knowing like just being kind of awkward during that during that stage I started like getting pimples and all of those different things which of course like still like remember when you're in middle school or high school and you're like oh I'm gonna be an adult and my acne is gonna go away it's like what the fuck like I'm still dealing with that shit like isn't that supposed to be gone now like I'm 31 can my hormones like regulate like what the hell but um but yeah ultimately my parents gave me the decision and and at that time, I just didn't want to stay in Palm Desert. I wanted to move. I wanted to experience new things. And I randomly, as a you know, a 13-year-old kid, decided, mom and dad, I want to snowboard. And the way that my parents have always just supported me is insane. You know, from there, we started packing. We, we sold the house and we moved to Park City, Utah for me to be able to pursue a dream. And I didn't know what that was. I was freaking 13 years old. I didn't know the gravity of my decisions at that time. But, you know, we moved and I started my freshman year of high school in Park City. And what was crazy about starting at that time is they had just changed the schooling to where ninth grade was actually held back. And they had schools now from like, they did school from like first grade to fifth grade. 
And then there was this second school that was Eckerhart Middle School, and that was only sixth and seventh grade. And then there was Treasure Mountain, which was eighth and ninth grade. And so you didn't even get to high school until your 10th grade. And so I feel like that kind of held back some of that just like development in regards to like not being exposed to older kids during that time. So like, have I been in a high school with like ninth to 12th grade, you know how you get more of that like socialization and more of that learning. I didn't have that because I had one year at Palm Desert Middle School being in eighth grade being like, oh, top dog, you know, when you're like the older kids in school. And then I kind of went into that again in, in ninth grade, where I was still like the older one, but I was still, you know, having to meet new friends. I was having to adjust to living in the snow. Holy shit. Like the fact that I lived in Utah, which I actually lived in Utah for 10 years. The fact that I lived there, I'm like, how the hell did I do that? Because I am such a little bitch now when it comes to the cold. I get, I get, I wear sweaters in the summer. It'll be like 80 degrees and I'll still be wearing a sweater. So yeah, my body adapts really well now that I'm in San Diego. But yeah, just starting in Utah was such a new experience for me. And of course, obviously, I I have so many gaps and stories in between, you know, my life in, in Palm Desert and all of that. But, you know, transitioning to, to Park City, we we decided to move there actually because we, we were thinking of moving to, to Big Bear because of course it was only, you know, two to three hours away. It was um, like we would still be able to be close to family, but I remember being like to my parents, if we're going to move, let's go all out. And this was really after the 2002 Olympics. And that's really, I think, what kind of wanted me to to pursue snowboarding as well is, you know, I saw Danny Cass and I saw Kelly Clark and I saw these these snowboarders in the half pipe and and the 2002 Olympics was in Salt Lake City. And so, you know, that was Park City and that was Utah. And and that's really what kind of gave us that idolization of let's move to Utah, let's move to Park City and, and let's really pursue this. And so when I first moved to Park City, I actually would train at the Utah Olympic Park in the summers. And I remember having my 14th birthday there and, and just being, you know, excited to pursue snowboarding. I had different snowboarding coaches and, you know, during my time with that, I competed quite a bit. Snowboarding and slope style snowboarding was really my discipline, you could say, um, jumps and rails. And, you know, now with those things being in the Olympics, it's amazing to see how far snowboarding has come because when I first started, there was only half pipe in the Olympics, half pipe, like border cross, slalom, like not as advanced as it is now. And honestly, part of that kind of breaks my heart because I'm like, what if I would still be snowboarding? What would happen? You know, so many stories within snowboarding, just traveling, competing, so many solo things too. Like, and, and that's the beauty of, I think the way that my childhood was is my parents always gave me the autonomy to make my own decisions. My parents always allowed me to speak my mind. And I even remember the first time my parents, we were in a freaking Del Taco. I remember this specifically. I was in seventh grade and we were standing by the door. And I just remember my parents being like, oh, you can say the word bitch if you want. And I was just like, what? Like I can curse. And so again, thanks parents for giving me this sailor mouth. That's your fault. 
but yeah, my parents just really always gave me the ability to, to choose. So they always gave me the ability to just make my own decisions and they just trusted in me. And again, like, thank you for that because it's who I am today and why even after, as I go back to present day, you know, having gone through so much of what I went through with my relationships and, and kind of going through this identity crisis and all of that, it's like, it's so crazy that I went through that because my parents have always, you know, kind of helped me know who I am and I've always kind of known who I am. So anyways, little tangent there, but Stella's back. So let's kind of keep moving forward. But, you know, I bring that up because as I think about snowboarding so many things that you know made me who I am today again just the consistent daily grind of waking up hitting the mountain I was always gonna like my goal was always to be the first person on that chairlift the last person on that chairlift just constantly riding run after run after run fall after fall after fall with no choice but to pick myself up and keep going because of my competitive nature and because snowboarding is a solo sport too. You know, as an only child, I was playing a solo sport and a competitive person and I just had this make it happen attitude and, you know, I remember just being like, well, like you can't show up to the competition not giving your all and so I really just got into the habit of practice, 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 you know, and that's really where so much of my mindset and so much of that, you know, programming within, you know, just consistently get up, consistently make it happen, consistently work towards your goals, you know, has really come into play now in, in my adult life, which I'm so grateful for. But again, like I just remember just competing and and making that my life, but also a weird part of me just wanted to kind of be normal. And I think a weird part of me just, just didn't like, not necessarily calling it like being in the spotlight, but I always just kind of felt different. And again, like in, in Utah, you know, I'm half black, half Filipino. And I was one of like three black people who graduated from the same year that I did at Park City High, which is class of 2009. Hey, last class to make you say, oh, yeah, that was awkward moving on. But in high school, that's really, you know, what developed me into who I am today, just competing and snowboarding and just really focused on that sport and, and making that was my dream then. Before all I wanted to do was snowboard, all I wanted to do was compete and make that my livelihood. And, you know, I remember, you know, trying to get different sponsors and my dad always out there filming me with a camcorder. And this was back in the day, you guys. This was back in like 2005 to six, seven, eight nine where I would have to be you know using LimeWire and burning CDs and burning snowboarding videos and sending them to sponsors like hand packaging them having to write you know a letter and being the one to create the video add the songs like I was I was doing all of that and my dad was helping me of course my mom was helping me but having to just send those those tapes out and and hope that those the whoever was in, responsible for watching those videos would see it I would send out videos to Volcom. Um, I sent out, you know, videos to like Rome snowboards, Burton snowboards, so many things. Year after year, I remember just sending like 10 to 15 uh, CDs that I had burned and just saying like, sponsor me, please. And ultimately I did, uh, I was sponsored by Roxy, which was 
freaking amazing. I still love that company. I was head to toe Roxy, boots, binding, board, gear, obviously like helmet, like just everything was Roxy. And then I was even sponsored by Monster Snowboarding or Monster Snowboarding, Monster Energy Drink for a little bit of time. I had other sponsors before as well. I was sponsored by this other company called Planet Earth. I was sponsored by, there was this other one that was on the top of my head. Yeah, Kicker, Kicker Speakers I was sponsored for. There's probably a couple other ones that I can't remember. But again, just like I was just this kid who just for some reason was just like, I am going to be somebody. Like I am not meant to be, like I wanted to be normal, but another part of me was like, I have skill. I have talent. Like I can do this. And again, that just attributed to, to just being like a little cocky shit and just wanting to make something of myself. And again, I think that just goes back to my parents consistently having this blind faith in me to know that I would be something, someone in some way. And so kind of thinking back to those high school days, I really didn't have very many friends in high school because I was snowboarding and traveling so much. What was amazing about Park City High School is they were very, so they were really understanding of winter sports athletes, right? Because Park City, Utah, I wasn't, you know, snowboarding. There are people who compete in snowboarding, skiing, right? Bobsled, you know, whatever winter sport, whatever winter Olympic sport, they they were athletes. And so my high school was very, very lenient with um, education. And, and so they understood that, you know, we were going to be gone, that we were going to be competing. And I actually did a lot of my high school online. I had so many online classes in high school. And I remember, you know, there was a few years where I only had to go to my first class and then I was done for the day because I was on online and that really allowed me to one that first class ended right like at like 8 50 and the mountain would open at nine so I would have that little window to go straight to the mountain but that didn't really give me an opportunity to make very many friends and and as I was going through high school again it was like What's weird is even though Park City is such a mountain town, at the high school, nobody really snowboarded. (laughs) It's freaking weird. It's like living here in San Diego. We don't really go to the beach. It was kind of the same in Utah where most of the people didn't really like snowboard or compete. It was really, it was kind of foreign. And so kind of being like the, you know, darker skinned person in school and then being like a competitive snowboarder, I, I always kind of felt like an outcast. And so that really kind of, you know, I I didn't really have very many friends. I had one best friend, Lauren, at the time. And I remember I was so focused on snowboarding that even my parents would not allow me to have a boyfriend. That was really, really a big deal, even though I kind of did, which again, I kind of expressed losing my virginity on episode one. So if you missed that, go back and listen to episode one. But, you know, I, I still was trying to be normal, but still trying to focus on on snowboarding. And it's kind of just funny to reflect on who I was during those years, you know, being in high school, trying to navigate snowboarding and, and wanting to be a professional snowboarder, but also trying to navigate high school and trying to fit in and, and make friends. And you know, 
And it was really difficult because I was gone pretty much every weekend competing. I would compete in Colorado. I'd compete in California. I remember my senior year, we did a big trip to Vermont and I was supposed to compete in the Burton Open. And when I say compete, so I always competed in slope style snowboarding and I always competed in rail jams. And, you know, as the years progressed, I just kept getting better and better, trying to be in more competitions, right? I was probably competing in at least... 10 to 15 competitions per year. So like freshman year, sophomore, junior, senior, and really, again, just kind of building myself in the snowboarding community, you know, knowing that I was sponsored, I was an amateur, you know, snowboarder for Roxy, wanting to get to that pro level. That was really my ultimate goal. And ultimately what had happened was when we went to that trip in Vermont, which was really a big competition, it was the Burton Open. And that was kind of one of the competitions where I was like, okay, I need to do really good on this. So that way, you know, I can start getting into that pro level because college really wasn't a thought for me. I was compete or bust. Like snowboarding was my thing. And again, it just goes to the mindset of consistently waking up, consistently pushing myself, you know, bumps, bruises, scrapes, just so many things that I went, you know, with snowboarding because it's like, what am I going to do? Show up to the competition and not have practice, not have confidence in myself? Like I had no choice but to have so much blind faith in, in myself to just throw myself off jumps like that. Like I think back and I'm like, how the hell was I so ballsy to just like be like, oh, okay, I'm going to go off this 50 foot jump and just see what happens. Just throw myself into the air. But yeah, when we traveled to Vermont, that was actually the first time that I was seriously injured. I've actually never broken a bone, but when we had that, I remember the the conditions had changed at that competition. My dad and I flew out there and we were there for about a week because there were a couple days that were supposed to be for for training and just getting used to the conditions you know you have time to practice your your run because of course if you're not familiar with snowboarding and and slope style snowboarding you know you're judged on your run based on a series of like jumps and rails and however the course is laid out and I remember doing my last run before I was supposed to compete because of course you have your practice runs right and that there was one time the conditions got so icy. Vermont's really known for for their icy, you know, snow conditions. And I flew off a jump and I landed short. And that was the first time that I had been seriously injured and to the point where I couldn't even compete. So we did that entire trip. I couldn't even compete. I was actually the start of tearing my first ACL surgery. And, and yeah, so just so much of my, my childhood, you know, growing up in Palm Desert, playing soccer, playing all of these sports, and then moving to Utah and pursuing my then dream, right, of becoming a professional snowboarder, competing all around, you know, I even competed in New Zealand. I was on a plane on my 18th birthday, right after I graduated high school. Uh, Because my birthday is in August, I graduated high school at 17. 
And on my 18th birthday, I was on a plane flying to New Zealand to go to the New Zealand Burton Open. And I remember that plane flight just feeling so cool because the drinking age is 18 in New Zealand. And I was able to drink wine on the plane and I was so excited because even in high school, again, you know, I was so focused on snowboarding that I didn't really drink. I smoked a ton of weed. I started smoking at 15, but in high school, I only went to one party, which is crazy. And I, I kind of started, you know, getting, getting into more drinking and all of that, you know, as I, as I got a little bit older, like 17, 18, I would say, because I also would spend my summers in Mount Hood. And I met a kid who, who used to make fake IDs and he made me a fake ID even. And what's funny is my dad was actually the one who helped me take the photo for my fake ID. And that's just kind of how how I grew up, just snowboarding. You know, my parents, again, are super young. So, you know, back in the time when I was like 15, right, my mom was only 35. My dad was only like 29. And so I really had a fun childhood. Again, just being an only child, It wasn't like I was spoiled though. I was, but I wasn't because again, I grew up just very normal, just very, very humble, just really focused on doing me again, having the autonomy to be myself, to pick and choose and, and in a, in a pretty cool, pretty cool sport. But you know, then, you know, after high school, again, I just wanted to compete. I wanted to go professional and then I had a second ACL surgery. So two ACL surgeries, one on each knee, the second knee had happened right before I was supposed to compete in the do tour. I had actually competed in one do tour a year prior. Um, didn't do very well, but I was actually living in, you know, after high school, I was supposed to move to Breckenridge, Colorado, which I did. I was 18, 19, I think at that time. And again, this goes to show like how, how my parents just allowed me to kind of do what I needed to do in order to make snowboarding my career. That's what I wanted to do. And I was supposed to live in Colorado. I was living in a house with like five other people. It was so much fun. I had my fake ID at that point. And, you know, all I needed to do was was snowboard. But the day before I was supposed to compete, I overshot a jump this time. The last time I undershot, the first, the next time I overshot and tore my second ACL. And so for those of you out there with like knee troubles, girl, trust me, I understand the struggle with knees. But again, just just so much of who I am now as a 31-year-old woman, you know, my, my mindset comes from the grit and grind of snowboarding and the consistently having to pick myself up, the consistently, you know, getting bumps and bruises and, and not complaining about it. And as I kind of, you know, share this story, it reminds me of just how many of us just have something happen and give up right? We don't, we don't keep moving forward. And again, this is why I'm just so blessed to have this backstory and to have competed in snowboarding because I just take ownership. That's the biggest thing for me is I just have learned to take ownership of my life and take ownership of where I'm at. And this is where really the give yourself grace comes into play. The progress over perfection comes into play, right? The take it one day at a time because we have to stay rooted in the here and now in order to continue to push forward despite you know the ups and downs of, of every day. We need to stay focused on that goal. And so that's when really I had to have the ultimatum after 
after my second ACL surgery, you know, the first one was really challenging. I missed a year, which was supposed to be such an epic year for me in regards to snowboarding and, and hopefully kind of making myself known on that pro circuit. I was always kind of known on the amateur circuit, right? Having been sponsored by Roxy and Monster. But I was really trying to break that ceiling because I wasn't getting compensated by companies at that point yet. I was getting free swag. I was getting free gear, which was fucking dope. Like I said, I was head to toe Roxy, but I wasn't getting compensated. And that was that next ceiling that I I wanted to break. And so that's why I didn't even have an option after high school. I didn't apply to any colleges. I didn't, you know, I didn't take the normal route because I wanted to make snowboarding my my full-time job. And, and it was for a while and, and I, you know, I can go back and I used to work in restaurants and just so many things that have brought me to, to where I am today. But after that second ACL surgery, just things started to really change for me. I had that second ACL surgery. So I had my first one when I was 18. That one was again, really started in Vermont. Even after Vermont, I went to New Zealand and still competed in New Zealand. I did the hot dogs and handrails. So I still competed after that one until finally the doctor was like, yeah, your ACL is hanging by a thread. So I had my first ACL surgery at 18, missed a full season, you know, really was, was sitting on the sidelines, really contemplating, you know, life, what is going Going on? Am I going to be able to snowboard? Got right back at it. But again, after and then really early on, I, I tore my second ACL. And that's kind of what's also sparked my, my for fitness and nutrition because during the summers, I was in the gym. I was trying to, I just wanted to be the best that I could for when I went snowboarding. I wanted to be strong. I was always working on my legs, you know, even to the point where I was 15 and my parents had to drive me to the gym because that was my outlet, right? I would snowboard in the winters and I would try to be in the gym in the summers, just trying to, to get better. But again, it wasn't ever body focused. It was always just for purpose in this sport, right? And so after my second ACL surgery, I really had this ultimatum because again, looking back, I had these moments still where I wanted to be a normal person. I wanted to compete in snowboarding, but my heart for some reason just was scared. I was getting scared of throwing myself off of jumps. I was getting scared of the bumps and bruises. Again, I started falling into drinking a little bit more, um, having my fake ID. And I ultimately, after my second ACL, decided that I didn't want to snowboard anymore. I wanted to be able to walk when I was 80 years old. I'm not freaking Travis Pastrana. I don't want to go and huck myself and just break every bone in my body. And the fear factor just became way too much. And I was just ready to move on. I was ready to put snowboarding behind me and I kind of wanted to just be a normal person. I was also working in restaurants at that time. I got my first job when I was 18. Actually, after that trip to New Zealand um, that I had on my 18th birthday, I came back. Oh my gosh, I have to tell you this story real quick. Quick tangent. So again, I didn't really start drinking till I was 17. And that was really just like part of why I probably still can't handle my liquor now, which is freaking terrible. 10 years after legally being able to drink, I'm still a freaking hot mess. But looking back on that trip to New Zealand when I was 18, this is before I had my uh, ACL surgery, but after the, the incident in Vermont, 
And I, because again, the drinking age is 18 in New Zealand, I remember going after the competition and everything, they always have the after parties. And I had met a a friend there and she was really cool. And I was just staying with, you know, again, I did that trip solo. My parents didn't come with me. And Monster had actually paid for my plane flight there, which was kind of the first time that I was getting compensated to snowboard, which was amazing. And I was super excited. I had just graduated high school. Everything was like coming together. But going back to that night after the competition, I remember getting a bottle, a fifth of vodka with my friend. And it was the first time I'd ever really like drank like that because it was right after high school. And we split the fifth and I didn't know my tolerance. I didn't know liquor. All I knew was I paid for half of this fifth, so I am going to drink it. Well, I did. And about 20 minutes into the after party, which was at a bar, Sean White, I'm talking to Sean White sitting at a table. I throw up all over the table. So bad. So embarrassing. I go to the bathroom stall and the next thing I know the bar is closing. I spent hours, I don't even know how long, in that bathroom stall. And I wake up, walk out, bar is closing. And I live probably, I was staying probably about a mile from the bar. So I literally had to run my ass all the way home, like freaking drunk. And I was leaving the next morning to go back home and just so, so bad. Had to pack all my stuff, had to catch a a bus to take to, you know, Queenstown because then I had to go from Queenstown to where the airport was and from the airport. And that was just the travel day from hell. But again, it just reminds me of the things that I have been through at even such a young age, because that is one story of so many other stories in regards to just traveling on my own, you know, when I was like 16, 17, trying to go to different competitions, you know, competing, showing up, doing my thing. And again, it just shows like the, the ownership and the autonomy that I had at such a young age. But I also got to that point, you know, after after so long with snowboarding that the, the fear factor came into play, the insecurity came into play, the not wanting to get injured and and just fear of of being able to make this a, a full-time thing. And then also, you know, thinking about relationships and just, I was at a really, really tough place after, after my second ACL. I actually only did one more competition after my second ACL. I didn't do very well. I think we even left after the first run because I didn't do well on my first run. And I just knew that I wasn't in the mindset anymore. And so... I I decided to stop and, and yeah, and just continue to, you know, work. And, and that was really a period in my life where, where I was really lost. I didn't know where I was going to be. I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I wasn't in college at the time, right? This is about, I think I was 20 when I decided to stop snowboarding. And then I just wanted to, you know, I kind of fell into the normal fairy tale bullshit as i as i'm kind of saying this and kind of telling the story i think that's what it was i didn't understand my own power wow i'm having an epiphany even as i'm recording this i didn't understand my own power at a young age and i didn't want to continue to pursue my dream because i wanted to be a normal person i wanted to have a boyfriend i wanted to have my job i wanted to I don't know. It's wild thinking about it, but 
yeah, there was just something within me that that was afraid to go all in on snowboarding. And again, I think having that second ACL was really the catalyst because even before going off of jumps and stuff, I remember being like, don't fall, don't fall, don't fall. And what kind of mindset is that, right? Then of course I'm going to fall. And I really just didn't understand the power of mindset then. I had done a little bit of like trying to get into like meditating and, and trying to do those things, but I didn't really understand the power of mindset. And so as I kind of decided to not snowboard anymore, I think I was still working at squatters at the time. I I decided to, you know, just work and hang that, hang snowboarding up. And it's crazy the amount of sacrifices that my parents went through, the daily grind that I went through. And it was such a special time in my life. And now, you know, looking back at that time, it's still so crazy for me to be like, how in the hell did I do that? Like I look at my snowboarding videos and I'm just like, like, damn, who is that girl? And I have so much gratitude for my younger self for for showing up in the way that I did because it wouldn't have given me the mindset that I have now. And it's just reminding ourselves that everything truly happens for a reason, right? Because even though we moved to Utah, we did all of these things, you know, I am such a completely different person if I would have stayed in Palm Desert. Like, who would I have been then if I had made that decision to stay in Palm Desert? Like, where would life be? be. And that's the crazy thing about, you know, taking ownership of your life and and making sure that you understand the gravity of every decision. And even if it might not be the right decision or wrong decision or whatever, life still happens and you still have to keep pushing forward and you still have to, you know, stay rooted in who you are and what your dreams are and really just make something of yourself. And so, you know, as I decided to quit snowboarding, I actually moved from working at school waters to High West Distillery, which shout out to High West Distillery. They have blown up since I was working with them. Um, You know, I got into relationships where that's where I kind of started my six and a half year relationship because I'm finally living that single life. But that's because from 20 to 30, I was in long-term relationships. And and this is kind of, I think, a really good stopping point for, for what's to come after these kind of like adolescent snowboarding years because my journey from, you know, really 21, 22 onwards is really where, you know, my fitness comes into play. Competing in the bikini competitions comes to play and just kind of who I became as an adult after having gone through the season of snowboarding. And again, I hope you can kind of see that really it's for me, you know, it's always been just taking ownership. It's always been just showing up for myself because again, you know, when I'm snowboarding, I I have to be the one to show up for myself. I have to be the one to go run by run, consistent, you know, putting in day after day because what else am I going to do, right? Like I said, do I show up to the competition? Like, not being confident myself. No, you have to show up with that confidence. And and again, that's really what has allowed me to become who I am today. But I feel like this is a good stopping point. So the next episode, I'm really going to share kind of what life was like for me after snowboarding. Because again, I go into working and then moving to San Diego and really how I became a coach and really why I got inspired to really create my business and really start BeFitBall. Body and mind because this is really my dream beyond snowboarding. 
I was so lost after snowboarding and I'll share these things on the next episode in regards to, you know, going down the spiral of drinking and just not knowing what life was. But this business and creating Be Fit Body and Mind and my clients and making an impact is truly my dream since snowboarding. This is a dream that I had to recreate when everything, you know, went to shit and not necessarily went to shit, but my just I had transitions in my life. And so yeah, I think this is a good stopping point. But for fun, let's do a rapid fire random things about me. So randomly, I love Harry Potter movies. Harry Potter movies are my favorite. Obviously, the movie The Holiday is one of my favorite movies as well. My favorite color is blue. Obviously, all my branding is blue. I used to have really bad road rage. Now I have calmed down as I've gotten older. That feels really good to kind of just let things slide there. My favorite food is cheeseburger and fries. If I could have a cheeseburger and fries, oh my god, I am so happy. But... I will not just eat the cheeseburger. If I do not have fries, I would not, I just don't even give me the cheeseburger at that point. Like they have to go hand in hand. I also love all types of music, any type of music except country music. I'm not the biggest fan of country music. I am not a banjo girl. I have no idea how to put on makeup. I was not allowed to wear makeup in middle school and in high school, really. And I just now, even in my adult life, I do not know how to put makeup on for shit. That's kind of something I want to start learning. Um, And yeah, you guys, I'm kind of trying to think of like what other random little tidbits do I have? I'm just, you know, I'm just a really a normal, a normal woman that's trying to make an impact and help other women understand that life is really what you make it. It's about showing up for yourself. It's about doing the best that you can. And so on the next episode, I'm really excited to kind of just share my my 20s and kind of what that was like in regards to work and becoming a trainer and competing in the competitions and starting my business because now this is really who I am today from, you know, having that backbone of snowboarding and, and that drive, but really, you know, coming into normalcy, creating my business and hopefully, you know, creating an even bigger business from here and just making an even greater impact, which it's all about. So if you have made it this far, I just want to say thank you so much. Again, this is my first solo episode. So I don't know if you're if you're still here with me. Thank you. And again, I just want to get better. So again, I'm just giving myself some grace here. Done is better than perfect. We made it happen. And yeah, I will catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Banter with Elise Borelli podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would be grateful if you could share it with a girlfriend who needs this and leave a rating and review. Be sure to join the Banter Behind the Scenes Facebook group to join in on the conversation. And don't forget to head over to the EliseBorelliFit.com website to download your free BeFit Ultimate Lifestyle Toolkit, as well as check out all of the links and resources in the show notes. To catch all the latest from me, make sure to follow me over on Instagram at Elise underscore BeFit. That's all for this episode. See you next time.